Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Uh, It is such a thrill to be with people who really want to take another step in their leadership journey. It means so much to me that you're willing to do that. So thank you for being a student. Thank you for growing in your capacity as a leader. Thank you for helping others to grow as leaders. Before we jump into the podcast, I want to remind you of three upcoming roundtables, three upcoming roundtables. I just got back from Florida. I'm telling you, the roundtable just went so well. It was just an outstanding event. The content that we are producing seems to resonate. It seems to help. It is really, really something that is helping ministers, helping leaders, helping business individuals. I think it will be a blessing to you. Here are my up and coming ones. On uh, March the 16th, I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to encourage you. This is an opportunity for all of you that are in that area, in that region, to come and to be a part. It's again on uh, the 16th of March. And then on the 25th of March, we had rescheduled our Clarksville, Tennessee roundtable, and we will be doing that. And that will be a roundtable that I'm doing with uh, a dear friend, Michael uh, Burnett. And I think it will be one that you will be blessed by. And then one of my favorite roundtables I ever do is in Rancho Cucamonga, California at Pastor Diego Mesa's church. I'm telling you, first of all, it's one of the best churches in the whole nation. But that will be on April the 22nd. April the 22nd. I want to encourage you to come and to be a part of these. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. You can sign up there. Hey, today I want to talk to you about how to lead, how to lead. When I say that phrase, how to lead, it sounds so simple, but I do believe sometimes the complexity of how leadership is communicated gets in the way of people being able to lead. So I want to give you just a series of principles that help you understand how to lead. Number one is this lead in before you lead out. Lead in before you lead out. Now, this is something that I think is very, very important. So much of the teaching on leadership tends to be external. But if you're going to be an effective leader, it starts with the internal, the internal aspects of who you are. Because here's what any leader, if they're really transparent and honest, knows. If they are going to lead, the first place they have to lead is they have to lead themselves. They have to master leadership on the inside. Before you can ever lead out, you have to lead in. Now, the reason this is a challenge is it's easy to get so involved in the externals that we sort of create this false positive. Well, I'm leading well, I'm leading well. But if all you're involved in are externals, you may lead well for a while, but you will not lead well for a long period of time. You have to lead on the end side. 
You have to lead there. So what does that look like? It looks like being transparent. You have to be transparent with yourself. Most people are not honest with God because they're not honest with themselves. And if you're not honest with yourself, you will not be honest with God and you will not be honest with others. And so interior leadership, what that does is it requires transparency. It is the concept of David. Search me, O God, and try me and show me if there be any wicked way. Are you willing to come in the rawest ways and say, hey, take a peek. Let's look under the hood. Let's examine everything that's going on. Look at me right now. Internal leadership. So lead on the in before you lead out. You've got to lead in before you lead out. Secondly, you have to lead near before you can lead far. You've got to lead near before you lead far. This is one of those things that I think is really, really important. When Jesus taught in the Beatitudes, he gave us an example and he said, you're going to be salt and you're going to be light. You're going to be salt, which is near. You're going to be light, which is far. See, salt is only effective if it's on your food, if it's being utilized by you. Having salt on the table next to you doesn't change anything. Why? Salt has to be near. But on the other hand, he said, I not only want you to be salt, but I want you to be light. Now, here's the thing about light. I don't have to be in your house to know that your lights are on. Why? Because whatever light you have is going to shine through somewhere. What is he saying? Two sides of leadership. You've got to lead near, salt. You've got to lead far, light. But before you can begin to lead far, you have to lead near. And it's really interesting that when Jesus taught uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about light in true formats. He talked about light as being a light of a city on a hill that basically you're traveling, you can see it from a great, great distance. But he also talked about a lampstand. So what he was talking about was he said, before you can be a light on a hill, you have to be a lampstand at home. What is he saying? Lead near before you lead far. If I can't lead in my house, I'm not going to be able to help your house. If I'm not leading near, I'm not going to be able to lead far. I'm not going to have light on a hill if I can't have light at home. If I can't be the real thing at home, I'm never going to be the real thing on a hill. And so when it comes to leadership, God says you need to lead in before you lead out, but then you need to lead near before you lead far And then you need to lead in private before you lead in public. You need to lead in private before you lead in public. Here's what we know. God wants a transformational work in all of us. When Jesus comes into our life, he comes in to transform us. He transforms our heart so that through that relationship, He can transform our head, 
and then through our heart and our head, he transforms our habits. So you see this breakdown that our heart is changed. That helps our head to change. That helps our habit to change. We've all watched it repeatedly. We've not only watched it, we've done it where someone says, well, I'm going to change this and it's a habit. And they keep going back to the same thing they've always done. They keep going back to the same thing. And they're sitting there saying, why can't I change? Why can't I change? Why? Because until you change in private, you cannot change in public. Until you lead in private, you cannot lead in public. So for me to be a good leader, I've got to develop self-skills. I've got to develop the, the self-skills that make me effective in private. I'm never going to be better in public than I am in pub. Uh, pu- I'm sorry. I'll never be better in, priv- in public than I am in private. Boy, did that take a lot of work to say. For all of you that are trying to be great, eloquent speakers, pray for me. I apparently was not one of them right now. So let me repeat that. I've got to develop the self-skills, those skills that I've got to master every day. I've just got to master them every day. Those predetermined qualities I have to master. And when I master them in private, it helps me begin to lead in public. So first three thoughts, lead in before you lead out, lead near before you lead far, lead in private before you lead in public, and lead with your heart before you lead with your head. Lead with your heart before you lead with your head. Now, this one is a little bit difficult because when I say that, I'm not talking about mindless leadership. What I am saying is about a priority in leadership. See, again, when I teach leadership, I'm not teaching secular leadership. Secular leadership, their focus is different. It's about the bottom line. How do I achieve a maximum amount of return to get the maximum amount of results, usually to benefit me at a maximum level? That's usually what secular leadership is. That's why there's more bad leaders in the world than there are good leaders in the world. But here's the thing. I've got to learn to lead with my heart. There's a part of me that has to be tied to God, and it has to be the directional part of me. Now, some people call it that North Star. Some people call it that internal compass. The Bible calls it, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It says that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Bible says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. The Bible says that we are to protect our heart with all diligence because out of it come. And here's the thing. We've got to be people who lead from the heart and not just with our head. Now, here's where it begins to get be a struggle because I know people who say, well, if I'm leading with my heart, then I ignore my head. That's not true at all. In fact, the Bible says you can be spiritually minded. You can be spiritual and use your mind. Some people think to be spiritual 
means to be absent-minded. But the Bible doesn't teach that. What it does is let everything in your head be filtered through your heart. Let it go through that filter system of your heart where it is being purified by the presence of God because you are the temple of God. You're the habitation of God. God dwells in your heart. And as you begin to let God dwell in your heart, when it comes to your leadership, don't lose connection. What is my heart? Is God nudging me anyway? Is God directing me in any way? Is God just sort of whispering to me in any way? Am I that person like a Elijah, that I can hear the whisper of God, that he doesn't speak in the loud and in the extreme, but in that still small voice. Can you hear God whisper? Lead with your heart before you lead with your head. Next principle, lead for tomorrow more than leading for today. Lead for tomorrow more than leading for today. The decisions you make today are what change tomorrow. Today is a result of the decisions you've already made. So when you lead, I'm not looking at leading, oh, what am I going to do in the next five minutes? What I'm doing is I'm making decisions today that I know are going to have ramifications for tomorrow. I'm always looking down the road. I'm not looking at, hey, the next five minutes, the next 10 minutes, because if you get nearsighted, you will find yourself just barreling into things that you do not want to barrel into, and you will find yourself being a short-term leader. Long-term leaders lead for tomorrow. Short-term leaders lead for today. What is it that you can do today that will change tomorrow? If you will do what you have to do, When you have to do it, one day you'll get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. But see, in life, there are things I just do today knowing that I may not want to do them today, but they are changing my tomorrow. They're not only changing my tomorrow, they're changing other people's tomorrow. See, the prayers I pray today, they most likely are not going to change today. They're changing tomorrow. The devotion I have today, it's changing tomorrow. What I'm girding my heart with today, it is changing tomorrow. So you lead for tomorrow. Tomorrow more than today. You want to look at a high capacity leader? They are focused on tomorrow. They are looking at tomorrow. They are planting the seeds for tomorrow. Here's what the Bible tells us. There is seed time and there are harvest. Every day I'm planting seeds so that I know tomorrow I will get the harvest. If you don't like the harvest you're getting tomorrow, then change the seeds that you're planting today. So you lead for tomorrow more than today. Another thing, you lead up before you lead down. You lead up before you lead down. What does that basically mean? I've got to lead in my relationship with God. I have to lead in the throne room of God. I have to be what David said when he said, one day in the house of God is better than. And then when he said in there, hey guys, I want you to understand something that that you can come boldly to the throne of grace and there you will find mercy and help in the time of need. What is that? I can never 
shortchange my leadership by leading down without having first led up. When I lead up, I have wisdom that I would not ordinarily have. When I lead up, I have strength that I could never have. When I lead up, I have inspiration that I would never possess. When I lead up, I have love that I could never master just in and of myself. Why? I need him and I need his leadership in in my life so that I can lead others in life. And so I've always got to lead up before I lead down. So let me review. Lead in before you lead out. Lead near before you lead far. Lead private before you lead public. Lead with your heart before you lead with today. Lead with for tomorrow more than you lead today. And so here it is. We want to lead and we want to be effective leaders. Now, here's the next one. Lead in life before you lead on the stage. Lead in life before you lead on the stage. A lot of people, their big dream is to be on the stage. We see it paraded around us. You know, it's the voice. Uh, it's, It's the person whose admiration and desire is to be on the stage. They just want to be a stage person. But here's the thing. That stage will kill you. That stage will suffocate. It will take every breath out of you. You've got to lead in life. You got to lead in everyday things. See, if the only time you're a leader is when you're on the stage, you're really not a leader that's worth following. You've got to be somebody who leads in life. If someone were to watch you, Are you going somewhere that is meaningful and important? If someone were to watch you, are you going somewhere that is meaningful and important? You've got to lead in life before you lead in stage. So let me give you these seven. How to lead. You have to lead in before you lead out. You have to lead near before you lead far. You have to lead private before you lead public. You have to lead with your heart before you lead with your head. You have to lead for tomorrow more than today. You have to lead up before you lead down. And you have to lead in life before you lead in stage. But most importantly, lead for heaven before you lead on earth. Lead for heaven before you lead on earth. I have a mission statement that it encapsulizes my life. It's just very simple. It says this. I want to make heaven bigger and I want to make the kingdom of God better. I want to lead for heaven more than I want to lead for earth. I want to lead for the kingdom more than I do for earthly recognition. Ultimately, we're going to all stand before God and be judged. But when we are judged, ultimately, it's going to be, how did we live our lives down here so that there was a heavenly impact? My job is to introduce heaven down here on earth. That's what Jesus came to do. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He came to give people a glimpse of heaven. In no way are any of us in Jesus' league. 
But what I can tell you is that we can lead with heavenly values. We can lead with a heavenly purpose. We can lead with heavenly goals. And we can lead for heaven before we lead for earth. If my goals are just earthly, they are fleeting and they are short term. But if my goals are more impactful and larger than that, then what I can tell you is good things are going to happen. Because I know many of you, you just like the outline. Here's the outline. Number one, lead in before you lead out. Number two, lead near before you lead far. Number three, lead in private before you lead in public. Number four, lead with your heart before you lead with your head. Number five, lead for tomorrow more than today. Number six, lead up before you lead down. Number seven, lead in life before you lead on the stage. And number eight, lead for heaven before you lead on earth. That's how you lead. Those are not complex thoughts. Those are very simple. They're thoughts that if you will follow them and implement them, if you'll just sit down with your iPad, your computer, a piece of paper, and you will go through those eight concepts and say, okay, how am I leading in before I lead out? How am I leading near before I lead far? I think if you do that, you will come up with a game plan for leadership that will be very, very profound. Now, all of us are at a different place. We're at a different time. But all of us are doing things that are necessary. But how to lead? This is how you lead. Now it's up to you to implement it and make application of it. Thank you again so much for joining me. I want to encourage you, if you will, to go to my webpage, sign up for one of the upcoming roundtables. It'll be a blessing to you. And again, I just want to remind you, the roundtables are important because leadership is caught more than it's taught. You need to be in a room where leadership is happening. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.